Hello, and welcome to another Nine Circles audio thing. I'm your host, Buke, and this time I am joined by David Porter, the guitarist of Ageless Oblivion. Their new album, Suspended Between Earth and Sky. David, how are you doing on this glorious Friday, sir? I'm, I'm having a very good Friday. Thank you, mate. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's, yeah, it's, cool it's a pleasure to have you. I have been a fan of you guys for years. Your Penthos album to me is one of the greats. Wow. Oh. One of the one it's it's you know what? It's it's a hidden gem that I don't think a lot of people are aware of is is out there because there's so much released. But mm. man, that album really put you guys on the map for for me. Oh, thank you, man. Like, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Like, um, like when that album came out, I knew a, people, a lot of people were enjoying it, but I wasn't like necessarily aware <laughs> of how much it kind of. And this might sound a bit, uh, I don't know, what it is maybe narcissistic, but I. I, I didn't realize how much it meant to people like we've we've started having like some of the pe- press start to dr- trickle through now and uh, a lot of people were like it was like the you know really was like one of the best tech death albums <laughs> i was like what the fuck like people thought that like i'm not saying the album's bad i think i just for, for us it was just it was just like yeah <laughs> we're, we're, we're a bunch of we're a bunch of like weirdos from the south of england you know and, yeah like just writing music we want to play and then uh people are saying like this is one of the best underground metal albums and it's fucking awesome but it's still i don't know it it, it, it still feels just a bit strange so you yeah, able to go back that. and you know it's interesting when i talk to artists uh, some of them you know it's like me when i record my my pods it's done and i don't really go back and, and listen to it because i like experiencing in the moment do you go back mm. and listen to your old stuff like, do you re- um, revisit that or it's done and once you put it out you don't go back to it anymore aside from playing it for a little bit i might like um i think when it first comes out you kind of it's like so obviously this album in particular suspend between earth and sky like this we started writing this about well back in 2015 so a lot of these songs i've heard continuously for like seven years so you know maybe every now and then i might revisit them um penthos though like that album like this was back in the days where shows were happening yeah what what is that again? Shows? Shows? Gigs? Yeah. G- 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 is, that, is that like a Latin for something? Uh, yeah. But like, uh, you know, like, so we were playing them live a lot. And after a while, it gets to a point where you're like, you just, you're going through the motions. You're just playing the songs. You've heard them a thousand times. You're playing them a thousand times. Um, that kind of resonance with the tracks that when you first write them has kind of gone. Um, but I did actually re-listen to Pemphos a few few weeks ago. And yeah, there are some good moments on there. Um, but is uh, it is it more so the case that there are some good moments when you go back and listen? The bad moments really stick with you, maybe a little. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> they're, 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 that 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 kind of happened quite quickly. Like uh, so, after like we released Penful, we toured it for like a year or so. Um, there are points in it where I was like, I uh, this this is not who we are anymore. Like I don't want to say it's bad music because it's not. Like it's. It was what we wrote at the time and we were proud of it at the time, but like playing some of it live and things, it was a bit like, uh, this is not enjoying this. Well, you know what though, brother, in the grand scheme of things, David, that's seven years. 
Yeah. And I just look, you know, we were, we were talking earlier before I hit the re- record button. My little girl, you know, had a half day from school. I yeah. look at her. She'll be seven in June. Yeah. I look at just the growth in her in seven years. I know it's, you know, not really apples to apples here, but seven years growth of a band is probably huge. Well, I hope so, man. I, I really hope so. Like, it, it would be a bit lame if we just released Penthos again. Well, you know what? There, but there are some bands, though, who make a whole career on uh, decades of the same rubber stamp. So, I'm, Yeah, I, I have no doubt there are. There are a lot of bands that do. And sometimes, like with some bands, you want to hear the same thing over and over again. But Yeah, and when know, those bands break the mold, you're like, oh, you motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. You're like, how dare you fucking... Exactly. <laughs> So I I it's you know I interview a lot of artists before release date and after the fact. It's interesting talking to you actually on release date itself. Yeah. How is this date for you and the band? Are you I know it's different in this pandemic world, but are you maybe spending the day looking at like online reviews coming in? Are you maybe checking social media or oh, yeah? How, how do you guys spend release date? So well, I mean I've I've let's put it this way i was up at midnight okay <laughs> waiting for the fucking thing to come out and like be on spotify and things and just because yeah. i was like i need to be the first one to hear it so like literally it turned midnight i had the album on i was like oh yes it's there there and it the is tracks are correct and it's great um but throughout the day like um so as we started sharing it there's there is always that little anxiety there you're like are people gonna give a shit are people gonna fucking hate it uh the press so far has been pretty good like no one's slated it yet. At least none I can see. And I'm pretty good with this stuff. I can usually find it if someone despises it, um, which is fine. People are yeah. allowed to dislike it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we've had a lot of kind of just people kind of responding, saying a lot of it's been very positive. It's been like it's been worth the wait and it's been worth kind of um, seven years even, which is to me a little bit mind-blowing. I'd be a bit pissed off with a band if they... Uh, didn't release now for seven well, years. It, you know what? I have to ad- admit, I don't know. I'm sure you probably have have heard this from other fans. With the sheer amount of music does come out, yeah, I love Penthos, but yeah, I would be lying to you, David, if I told you that it wasn't until like pro- the promo for this came in yeah. earlier on. I'm like, oh shit, Ages of Oblivion are still a thing. Yeah, we 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 disappeared for a little bit. Um, yeah. There's, there's there's lots of different reasons to be honest like um a lot of it was you know it does take us a long time to write music we're not the kind of band that can just like start a song and then mm-hmm. have it finished in like a few weeks and be like there we go cool um it takes us about like oh man like it can take us a long time to write a song like we kind of just like mess around with ideas for a bit like we'll we'll, we'll maybe have like half a song and then i'll write that or I'll write some riffs for like that. And then that will be like a month's work. And then like maybe six months later, we'll think of an ending to it. So some of these songs can take like six months, wow. three months. Uh, the, the, there was actually a song we had started that we literally finished before we went in the studio. We started writing that song maybe like a year and a half before, but we only just finished it before we went in the studio, you know? Like, Jeez. Yeah. So, but so the thing is though, mo- you know, I, I know you know, we're talking on re- release date and stuff throughout this process. Were there some lessons learned maybe over these seven years that you're like, yeah, what well, maybe we can shorten this down. There's anything maybe you learned in yeah. yourself moving forward. Well, I mean, one of the things that I kind of, I mean, I, I mean, I can't speak for everyone in the band, yeah. but like for me personally, that I kind of uh, wanted to change was that Penthos as much as people loved it, I thought it was way too long. Like, uh, hmm. it was an hour and 15 minutes, which to me is just, no one's going to sit there and listen to an hour and an 15 minutes. Well, some people might, but generally speaking, I think, you know, more to the point. And if you can make your point in a bit more of a condensed and sort of like, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, just to the point, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's one of them. Just pretty decisions. straight, just straightforward. Yeah, so one of the yeah. conscious decisions early on was to make the album shorter um, and just like kind of work on songwriting. And we've always just been a band where we just we're like, let's just see where the song goes. But inadvertently, that can end up leading to you just pile riffs on riffs on riffs. And mm-hmm. 
you end up just having a collections of riffs. Uh, whilst with this album, it's more like, what are we trying to kind of, what's the message we're trying to get across here? What's, what's the emotion we're trying to kind of uh, express? And there's a lot more of that this time around, which is, you know, there are still long songs. I mean, there's an 11 minute song on the album. Um, but generally speaking, the, it's just a lot more focused on just making sure we get that message across. And I think with Penforce, there was a lot of songs where it was just like, let's just throw riffs at people and hope for the best. Um, but this one's a little bit different. Now, David, here on uh, Nine Circles, I am a big tech death guy. It's my favorite genre within metal. I love death metal. And then even more on top of that, I love the tech side. And we've actually started like a little sub podcast thing here called Technically Inclined, where I'm trying to expose our listeners and maybe our staff here to more tech death because even tech prog, anything like that, because I have said it, you know, my listeners will know this statement. I make a lot, but I'll say it for you. I am not a artist at all. I don't play anything. I am just a fan of music. And I love tech myself because I am just blown away by riffs. I am blown away by the, the technical aspect of it. It's like when I watch anything, when I watch car driver, you know, race car drivers, when I watch fighter jet pilots, when I watch anybody who is what I would assume is at the peak of their technical expertise, it could be a freaking guy restoring antique cars. Yeah, man. Yeah, when when somebody's at a, a technical master, it just it it blows me away. So I want to ask you, what is it about technical metal that drove you to wanting to play this? Because a lot of the people who don't like it say it's too much noodling. It's just too much of the playing. Well, I, I generally agree with them. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like um, the, the the weird thing is, is like <laughs> you know, I, I like you, I. You know, I well, I'd, I'd say I'm not I'm not a huge technical death metal. Okay. Fan. Like, there are certain bands I really like. A lot of the sound from Ageless though kind of came from when we first started. Like, exactly. When we were young and we were, you know, in first getting into metal, we were very impressed by the fast noodling. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Uh, so we tried that for a little while, and it was all very exciting. It's like, oh, look how look how fast I can play! Look, look how good I am as a guitar player. Hey, you um, know what? Yeah, it, look look how many views on YouTube I could get by showing quick yeah, all, close-ups on the all, neck. That, all that nonsense. But like, um, you know, when when you're kind of, I think that's the thing that draws people into metal, isn't it? Like, you've got that uh, fast sort of like really impressive musicianship. And for me, at least, like I remember I watched the video from. Oh, what's the song? I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce this wrong, but I'm gonna just power through. Yeah, it. dude, I I butcher I I can butcher like words like the, so you could power through anything. <laughs> Is it X Creation <laughs> X Creation text by Nile? Okay, yes, yes, yeah. So the video for that, I remember watching that when I was I don't know maybe 17 or something, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do that. Um, and like basically, like a lot of the songs on the first Age of Blue Mountains were me trying to do that, like you know. You know, try and take the deck to tech death style, like trying to recreate that feeling yeah. I had. Um, but as you get older, you kind of, uh, oh, I sound like such a prick when I say this, but like, you know, as you, as you get older, you kind of like, you appreciate I love the honesty, like, man. I love it. Oh, I, can't, I can't help it. But like, uh, there, there is like a, a appreciation for more, like, you know, you start listening to, you know, one of my favorite bands ever is Neurosis. And the more I listen to them, the more I just kind of realize how, you know, they don't have to play a thousand fucking notes a second. Uh, and they're still effective at getting their point across. Um, so one of the goals with this album, and well, it, has, it was with Penforce, but I think we've kind of got a little bit better at it with this one, uh, which was, you know, recreate an atmosphere, that, that kind of feeling of, you know, despair or dread or just claustrophobia, mm -hmm. but do it through the lens of death metal. Um, you know, rather than just be like, you know, I love these bands, by the way, but like bands like Necrophagist or uh, which is which is who we use for episode one of of our our tech pod. Sick. Well, uh, rather than be like that and just be like just pure shred, like more like using those that style and like convey a feeling, convey an atmosphere, uh, and try and emotionally kind of resonate. With, okay. Uh, not 
just listeners but ourselves as well you know like i the music that i really enjoy is music that i can listen to it in like a dark fucking room and be like oh god this is taking me places or you know <laughs> like we kind of just wanted to do it that way okay uh, but just one little point though you, you mentioned about uh classic cars you watch people you know building antique cars and things yes i have to do a little name drop here for Please. my for our, for our vocalist steve jones yeah, uh, old bones custom fabrications. Like uh, he builds up old hot rods and shit, and he's fucking mm. sick of it. So, old okay. bones custom fabrications on Instagram. Is is yeah, like is is there a big custom car scene over there? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask Steve. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like uh, some of the stuff he does is fucking insane. Like I don't understand it, but like you know, like if you're into old cars and antique cars and hot rods and whatever, like he some of the stuff he does is mental you said it was bone bone customs old old bones custom fabrications i got it so you you quickly mentioned neurosis there are are you a fan of steve steve von till's solo stuff that he's done i fucking love steve on yeah yeah it it was uh, it really his last album generated a lot of talk around the pod here it was a pretty powerful album that he put out last year and you talk about just putting music on and just letting it take you, man. Powerful stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, Steve Until and Neurosis are like the the kind of, I would say, the gods of that. They they know how to just create like riffs and atmosphere, and you know, like the guitar playing and everything isn't like it doesn't have to be super fucking technical. They just they can even anything strip it back to the point where it's just something like two chords and just the way they play. It's more the how they accent and the mm-hmm. way the emotion they put into it um, and it's effective. Uh, so it's something like that, you know, that, that's, that kind of resonated with us when we were writing, like, well, definitely from a kind of riff point of view, it was more like, let's not just try and play a song like all our first album Wolf's Head. Like that was a, that was a, let's just play as many notes as we can open the album with a fucking shredder. Um, we didn't want to do something like that. And we were more like, let's, let's just work on the emotional aspect and see what we can do there. Well, David, yeah, you know, we we quickly mentioned on the tech stuff. Uh, I yeah, you know, I can't remember asking uh, another guitarist this, but how is it when you watch other guitarists playing the tech stuff? Is it just like, yeah, that guy's like, uh, you know, get off your damn uh, soapbox there, you know? Okay, we 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 get it. Like, does it not do anything for you when you're a guitarist yourself, and it does something more for me who isn't? It, it depends man like yeah. it, it, there, there are a lot of um you know i am impressed by technical yeah. guitar playing but i do get a little bit you motherfucker like, <laughs> well, you, how yes. can you play like that i can't like but yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm i wouldn't consider myself a like a technical guitar player or even yeah. like a good guitar player like uh, i was recently doing some like playthrough videos for a friend of mine and i watched them back and i was like oh god how like the way i play it's so awful like the way i hold a pick and things and you know you just um, disgust your 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 yourself i disgust (laughs) myself watching (laughs) me play guitar yeah but like i've I've said this before to to people like you know i i am a great guitar player if i'm playing angels oblivion in that case great yeah i'm your guy if you want to play guitar for angels oblivion i'll do it I'll, i'll smash it put me anywhere else though it's a bit like oh I've got to kind of work this out. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's why you like the dark environment stuff. You can just hide in the, the shadows. Yeah, man. I mean, like, uh, it is like, uh, just, you just don't, you don't have to, just, you can see me. You just don't watch how you I'm know what? Maybe I know, now I know why when you guys did your Fermash and Sulfur video, now I know why it's just quick little shots of you. Yeah. Just a quick little flash and then it's. Because my the way I hold a pick is fucking ludicrous and no one should see that. Like real guitar players will judge me. No, it was more like the the, the vid that video was um, you know, like uh, we just wanted like it to look kind of like chaotic and gnarly yeah. and stuff. That was a, so, that was a fun video shoot. That was so. Yeah, I have to ask you since we're we're talking about this. It's I love hearing you know people's like roots stories and stuff like this. When when did you yourself start down the path to playing guitar and getting in the band was this a late in life thing for you was this a young young kid 
No one's asked me this question before. Really? <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, uh, it's usually, yeah, other things about the album and stuff. Okay, well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of David. Yeah, Orleans because, because you know, like, like, like I told you, I don't like to ask the, the same things. I want to get to know you. I'll save mm. it for the next interview about the album. That's, that's, that'll be asked over and over again. Well, I think when I was young, like, uh, I mean, the first real heavy album I mm-hmm. heard was the first Slipknot album. And I remember, which like, is, you uh, know what? It's just so fun because I keep hearing that creep up more and more from artists I interview. Mm. It's just starting to be like that, which is so interesting because I remember when I first heard it. But yeah, a lot of guitarists, that's starting to be like their jumping off point for them. Well, I mean, not necessarily a guitar player for me. It was more like I heard that. Like, I okay. remember like a friend of mine at school, uh, he had it on tape. And like we used to sneak into the music rooms and then he'd like put it in the tape player in the music rooms at my school. And then blast it, and like, like you just hear like the beginning of sick, like, dun, 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 yep. dun, 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 and then like we just like headbang completely out of time, just like we just expected that's what you do, you go mental to it, which to be honest, <laughs> it's probably right. And then like the music teachers come on, and tell us to fuck off and get out of the yeah. Music. Then he lent me the tape, and I listened to that, uh, and I kind of got into that album. Uh, but the album that actually got me into wanting to pick up an instrument. Uh, was Antichrist Superstar by uh, Marilyn Manson. Like, um, Which is my yeah. most expensive album I own on vinyl. That's like a $350 album I have yeah, on vinyl. Kind of insane. Yeah. But like uh, that album, like uh, it was, uh, well, I originally started like, this is, I'm talking when I was like 14 here, like 15. Uh, I originally wanted to be a bass player. So I heard that album. For some reason, the bass sound kind of really resonated with me. So I bought a bass. My brother had a guitar. Um, and he got really good at guitar. But then I, as I was playing bass, I was like, eh four strings you know what about six strings so i eventually just started stealing his guitar we used to have little arguments about it um and then i bought my own oh i got my own i should say and just kind of went from there like uh which is which is so interesting david because you you're born and raised i can assume you were born in the uk right affirmative okay you have you know, in your backyard is the great some of the greatest ba- landmark bands. Mm. And it, like, I'm wearing a Maiden shirt right now, but it wasn't Ozzy for you. It wasn't Queen. It 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 wasn't Maiden. It wasn't Priest. Uh, you got to remember, man. When I was like growing up, like I was in school, and it was like 2001. So it okay. was all it was all Slipknot, System of a Down, System of a Down. Yeah, yeah I'm not I'm not going to pretend that like uh, I grew up listening to old school metal. I did. I grew up okay, yeah, which that. which is you know? which is cool because you know I I've I've said numerous times on here I am 38. I'm a late bloomer to metal. I yeah. graduated high school in 001. I got into metal with Pantera on the release date of their last album. That yeah. was like 2000. See, the old school stuff came kind of kind of a bit later for me. Like for me, it was like I kind of and again I'm talking when I was young. Here, yeah, so it was like. Um, it was a lot of the kind of uh, it was mainly Slipknot and then it was like Marilyn Manson um, if you want kind of more that really yeah. got me into playing it was uh, bands like uh, British bands there was a band called Raging Speedhorn yes. who I fucking adored and yes. I kind of like a lot of those riffs are very simple so I managed to work some of those out uh, I remember I had a VHS and me and my brother uh, it was like a I can't remember what it's called. It came with like Metal Hammer magazine and like there was a live video of Ozzy Osbourne playing Perry Mason. Uh, and we used to watch that literally every fucking day, nonstop. Um, just the riff in that song yeah. really kind of uh, resonated with me. Uh, but to get me into the heavier stuff, it was Rage of Speedhorn, uh, Will Haven as well. When they released Carpe Diem, that, uh, that album I still listen to today. It's, you know, simplicity and heavy and just excellent. Um the thing that got me into like playing this though, as I said, Nile, uh, Black Seas of Vengeance. That was the album that classic. That kind of sealed it for me. That was like, okay, that's what I want to do. And then I heard Neurosis, Times of Grace, and then it was basically like my whole kind of musical. Um, if you could sum up like my musical background, like the way Ageless is, it was hearing Times of Grace for the first time and hearing Black Seas of Vengeance for the first time and thinking, how can I? you know, now kiss, like <laughs> come together, you know, <laughs> like it was kind of like that. Um, so, I'm okay. still trying to do that. <laughs> so how, how did you come about finding uh, Sam and Steven and them? Did you grow up with them? Steve. Um, yeah, well, Steve. Yeah. 
yeah well we used to play in like separate bands like i was in um i was in a kind of you know it was like you know it's kind of emo really i would admit fuck it um it, hey was, we, was, we all was, we all have to own our you know we had metal riffs though it wasn't like pop punk or anything like that. whatever makes you feel good oh okay did you guys yeah. put on makeup negative <laughs> okay well i think i did once i think i might have worn eyeliner for okay i was gonna say then, okay like, then maybe you went a little hard it was it was, it was awful there you know i was, I was a kid i didn't know what the fuck yeah I was doing. But, um yeah so uh we were playing in a band he was playing in a band as well we became friends we formed both of our bands kind of broke up and then we were like oh let's form a new one um and it kind of went from there really like we've had so many band members and all sorts kind of change uh, but the one constant has been me and steve my yeah. vocalist uh i said to say my our vocalist the vocalist like steve <laughs> is the vocalist he's you know he wrote all the lyrics to the album he came up with the concepts you know he's um he's 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 an artist as much as anyone else uh but he uh you know just me and him kind of just kept it going and you know there was a point where i don't want to go into huge details here but there's a point where it all just fell to pieces and it was just kind of me and steve looking at each other and i was like well, what do you want to do steve was like well we fucking carry on you know um so we did and then we you know we kind of recorded this album and then here we are. I'm talking to you. The album's out. Yeah, the album's out. It's release day again. It, it you know, went for, all right in the end. For, for everyone listening, you know, again, I'm talking to David Porter, the guitarist of Ageless Oblivion on the release date of Suspended Between Earth and Sky. You know, it, I've done a, a global tour recently. I have just interviewed the guys from Majestic Downfall there in Mexico. Uh, I just interviewed the guys from Crypt cryptosis in the netherlands nice. i talked to a band from sweden i got guys here in the states so how right now in your backyard how is the uk metal scene right now i know take out the pandemic obviously but yeah, pretty I mean, pretty pretty strong scene yeah it is there's um there are so many decent british death metal bands that i don't think really does you know really i was about to say deserve there that was that was not the right word <laughs> but like um there are so many british death metal bands who really deserve like international recognition um a few off the top of my head so grave miasma incredible death metal band from london um there's also like bands like i don't know if they're death metal or not like darmin who are also on the same label as us apocalyptic witchcraft uh, there's also a band who have released uh, an album a couple of months ago called Celestial Sanctuary. Uh, this album's called Soul Di Souls Diminished or Soul Diminished, I should say. Uh, and it is fucking sick. Like, you know, and they're getting a lot of recognition and it's like old school kind of bolt thrower with like Dude, proper I'm so group. glad you mentioned that. I, I, I meant to do, when I was doing my intro, you know, I spent all morning sometime because I, being crippled by a ADD, and my mind always going to 500 different places at once. I was doing my Peloton workout this morning and I was trying to think of an awesome intro. And I was like, 2021 has brought us such amazing death metal albums like Celestial Sanctuary and now yeah. Ageless Oblivion. And then I totally forgot about that. But yes, I'm glad you mentioned that Celestial album. Those guys were the gem. They released. It's fucking awesome. I, I genuinely think it's like one of the most impressive like sort of debut albums i've heard from a death metal band ever like it's incredible all right now um, i know they're here in in Cam cambridge is that i don't know the uk rule is that close to you guys is that near you at all so we're in hampshire which is like if you're looking at a map of england it's like the south and in the middle whilst they're like kind of south east oh okay. i nearly got that wrong northeast yep so they're more southeast they're about three hours away okay um fun fact for you uh tom cronin the vocalist guitar player from Slash Strange, he directed the video for From Ash and Sulfur. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, small world. How how did that come come about? Well, he, he we've known him for a long time. Like he directed the video for uh, off. Oh, I don't even want to say the name of the song because like 
both me and Tom were like, uh, oh, that first video, oh, we could have done better. But, you know, yeah. it was 11 years ago. We, he did a video for the first track of our first for, album. Yeah, some some random thing, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, we've just been friends ever since. Like, uh, we're both, you know, he's, a, he's one of those guys who he is a old school metal fan to the fucking bone, you know, like he just loves it. And uh, I, so Celestial Sanctuary had released, released some demos beforehand, which I'd listened to and they were very good. But then they just dropped this monster of an album. And I was just like, what the fuck? This is actually awesome. And there's a little part of me that I was like, oh, you guys are rivals now. You know, like, um, but no, it is an incredible album. Um, I would recommend anyone to check out. Yeah, you like- could you could put together a, a sick UK death metal tour because you have like ingested, oh, conju- conjurer, conjurer great. Uh, what venom prison? Venom prison is sick. Yep. Yeah, you could just you could put together this awesome bill of UK death metal acts, and it could. Oh man, it would be. Well, awesome. I think that is a fantastic idea. Maybe maybe. Sean yeah, oh my god, that. I forgot this <laughs> disincarnate. Discarnate. Yeah. Oh, I love those guys too. Oh. Yeah, Discarnate, Discarnate are pretty much... So the first label we were on, which was Seizure and Media Records, uh, we would not have released our first album for the Discarnate. Really? Yeah, we went to see them. My drum at the time, we went to go see them in London and we just started chatting with them. And we mentioned that we were recording an album. He's like, oh, uh, I think it was Tom and Matt, the guitar player and the drummer at the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, send it to us when it's done. So we did. And they sent to the label. And then that's basically how we ended up getting signed and things. So we owe a lot to Discarnate. And I'm always taken back by the kindness I hear between bands. You know, I wonder how much of it, and I'm not, I'm loving talking to you. It all sounds very genuine, but I, it makes me wonder is, do you have, or do you guys, have you ever had any bad experiences with other bands or do you guys really wish to build up and support every other band you, you can? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we're normal people. Yeah. Like uh, we, anyone who's kind of doing the same thing we are as, you know, as long as they're not arrogant pricks, then we'll get on with them. You know, like uh, I I really hate seeing, for example, you go online and there's all this kind of nonsense about like, oh, fucking they're a death cool man. Or they got, they've got an obvious breakdown. What a bunch of dickheads. Like, fuck that. Like it's, we're all playing the same thing here. We're all playing metal. We're all playing guitar. It's loud. It's distorted. Yeah. Come on. We're, we're, it. None of we, us are fucking vampire weekend or the killers here. We're not going to be fucking playing Glastonbury in front of a couple hundred thousand people here. We're not, you know, we're not, we're not, we're, we're, we're not going to fucking get rich playing this shit. It was this where I announced that we're actually playing Glastonbury next year. Yes, sir. Here we go. We're de- we're definitely not. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> God, no, you made me fucking give my heart skip a beat there. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're definitely but not. But, no. you, but you know what I'm saying? It's the underground nature of 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 playing this music. You would think would would have to make it like this brother and sisterhood. That it doesn't. It does no good to attack others. You would think, wouldn't you? You would definitely, you you would think, but you know what though? Also, it is 2021 and like, I love playing video games. If you love playing Call of Duty, well then to some crowd, you're an asshole because Call of Duty sucks and you should be playing Fortnite or Apex or whatever. You know, people just want to hate on everybody, so. It's tribal bullshit and no one should pay attention to it. Yeah, I just enjoy enjoy what you fucking enjoy. And I think like that whole kind of divide you were just saying about like within like metal and things like it's mainly from just internet nerds. Yes. You know, most, most of the most. Oh, David, don't want to open those floodgates. Those internet nerds are pretty strong. Yeah. (laughs) But like, um, you know, like most bands don't care. They're just like, you know, most metal bands I know, they, like kind of just listen to whatever the fuck they want like you yeah. know i get i get friends in metal bands sending me like oh let's check this new synth pop album that's just come out of shit like <laughs> it doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. fucking matter it, it, it really doesn't enjoy yeah. it, it 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 really does it well okay david you know, we we mentioned you know we're talking on a release date you were there at, at midnight playing it do you right. read any comments that you see online do you read do you give any of that any weight or like if if well, somebody says, "Man, he really does hold his pick like a prick or something," <laughs> does, does that really 
that one nameless asshole. Screw <laughs> you. Like, screw you, freaking uh, Maiden fan 78 or something, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, like, if someone, like, th- this is the, this is the hilarious thing now. We're, we're talking about it. If anyone's listening to this, they're going to see the way I hold a pick. And they're going to be like, he fucking does. He does. So it's now a fucking thing. And the answer to that is, yes, I agree. I do hold my pick like a fucking weirdo. I can't help but it. But is it, is, is, is it like a pinky thing? <laughs> is it like a weird thumb thing um, you do? It's kind of like, like, there's the correct way, which is where you kind of have your... Like you're kind of like holding a fist and you've got like your thumb and you kind of hold yeah. it. Yeah. Like, okay. Like uh, then there's like, you see a lot of guitar players who are like, kind of like that. I kind of hold it like in like a weird way. It's between like my index kind of like, finger. Almost like you're having a spot of, of tea. <laughs> and trumpets, my friend. Yeah. Yes. But like, uh, I kind of hold it like that. And I know it's wrong, but like, I've, that's just, it's kind of like ingrained in me now. That's just how I play. And how like how said, did that come to you? Just how you just happened to pick it up? Just by I picked up yeah. the plectrum. I started playing music when I was 14. And that's the way I've always held it. And having to unlearn something that's so ingrained oh, yeah, in you yeah. like that, it's like almost impossible to unlearn it. David, it's it's like me. I, you know, when I, I see people who properly know how to hold a pen or a pencil, me, because of how I learned as a kid, I still write like a caveman drawing on cave walls. Like <laughs> I hold it with this fist that really looks ancient and, and old. Well, it's the same with like the way I eat, actually. I, like I eat left handed and I'm right handed and I eat left handed. Really? Like, yeah, I just do all sorts of weird. Okay. I, I'm like... so glad you just mentioned eating because I wanted to go here and this is an excellent gateway. I love watching food shows not like food competition shows but i love watching travel food shows and i don't know how much you've heard of this outside of your home country but it's pretty well stated that british cuisine is the worst oh it fucking sucks yeah it's awful yeah do do you give that statement weight is that true yes okay (laughs) we basically steal other people's food and make it worse yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah like well what we do is like you know if there's like kind of like you know tex-mex or kind yeah. of like that like burritos what we do is we take a burrito and then we make it badly and then we put it in a fridge and then we serve it cold <laughs> and then charge like five quid for it okay so so what <laughs> what is like your your favorite british meal though like you you know it's bad but like you just you just love it like it's it's like a warm hug from grandma to you. Like it's bad, but like you just big, love it anyway. This is this is the thing. I'm not a big foodie, so okay. for me, oh, okay. Well, what is your oh. thing? Are 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 you a beer guy? Are you a wine guy? Oh, I thought we were talking about food. Okay, well, if we're talking about uh, beer or wine, yes, uh, rum, rum. Okay, so, now, yeah. okay, we're 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 coming back. Only, to- only, only if it's pirate based. Really? Uh, it has to be pirate based. Huh. What's the point otherwise? True. True. <laughs> now, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that in a second. But going back to food, what is your British food, your your comfort food? Even though you're not a foodie, let's be a foodie here for a second. Toast. Toast? Toast with peanut butter. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are are you a, a tea guy? Uh, I'm I'm literally one of my only friends who's a tea guy. Most people are coffee, but I I, I enjoy my tea, my PG tips. That's that's, <laughs> that's fucking legit. You know, which is it's so interesting to me because I'm a big. I didn't serve any military service, but I love like military aviation jets and fighter planes and tanks. We may we can have a chat about military aviation if you want. That's a dude. I, I got freaking like I got here's my P fifty one model. I got plane models all over my my room here, but I saw something like some. British tanks actually have like a tea dispenser in them where they can stop and have tea. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 a weird country. <laughs> like uh, you know, it's all like twee tea, uh, Rue Britannia. Remember, remember the British Empire? <laughs> like yeah. it's country, <laughs> so but, okay, yeah. going back to to rum and 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 stuff. Uh, what's your favorite? beer and then we're transitioned to, to run no, you, you have, a, you have a favorite question. beer you're gonna make me sound like a dick if i answer that <laughs> okay no that's fine because i used to drink i was a big beer snob and then my heart felt see bud, bud Budweiser, king of okay. beers it says it it says it on the can it does i'm not i'm not an ipa person i'm not a you know real beer person yeah if i drink beer it's because i just want to have a beer and yeah i actually I would do it to me i would defend coors light till the death i i loved it 
Nah, Coors Light for me is a bit too light. Budweiser has a li- at least a little bit of yeah. the taste of beer, but like, um, I don't genuinely like generally like the taste of alcohol. Like, it just don't. So if I drink alcohol, it has to kind of taste a bit less alcoholic. So Budweiser to me is just is a beer. And- okay, so then your your rum choice. You mentioned like a pirate. So what what is your rum you you go go to? Kraken usually. Crack. Oh, great choice. Breakfast of Champions. If I could fucking still drink, my heart failure took so much away from me. But yes, Kraken is. Oh, that's that's. I feel bad now. I feel we were talking about alcohol, and you're like, no, don't. I could still drink. No, don't. Now I feel feel bad. (laughs) Definitely drink up. I I wish I I could, but yeah, Kraken is 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 great stuff. So you know, it's Kraken. (laughs) <laughs> that was a Dude, so oh. I, I i have to ask you 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 live in such a a a cool country for history and i i have to nerd out on this because i'm not a big tv buff but when i do watch tv i've been hooked on this british show called time team i well, watch you sick yeah, Dude, i i have been binging every single episode i can i just i love his history i i absolutely love it have you had a chance to travel your country and see the sites and anything is that something yeah, that of interests course. I mean, you? we we've we've toured the united kingdom and just as music but generally speaking as myself yeah i mean um so i live in a town called basingstoke um right around the corner we have winchester and winchester used to be during the kind of saxon age the oh, see, look at me. i'm getting goosebumps i could yeah. I could talk about this for hours. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so Winchester used to be the capital of Britain. Um, there used to be, so the, in Winchester, if you ever go there in the United Kingdom, there is a cathedral there, which was built by the Normans after the Norman invasion 1066. Before that, there was an Anglo-Saxon church. Uh, and that got kind of destroyed after the Norman invasion. Uh, and within that church, though, there were a lot of the old Anglo-Saxon kings that were buried. Okay. Um, so after the church was destroyed um oh is that a dog just give, give us a <laughs> we, we will carry this you on know, keeping it keeping it english that was my english bull terrier bull barking terrier. nice <laughs> that's why man i've got i've got a dog at home as well like uh, <laughs> she barks at like literally nothing so yeah but like um so yeah there was a church in winchester in the center of winchester which got destroyed and then in replacement there was a uh, norman cathedral built Within this old Anglo-Saxon church, there was a lot of the bones of the old uh, Anglo-Saxon kings, for example, and they were dug up and they were put in chests and put in the cathedral. And not many people kind of notice it, but they are still there. Like if you look, if you go into, if you ever visit Winchester, go into the cathedral, go to the choir part. And if you look up, there are chests there. And within those chests are the bones of the old Anglo-Saxon kings. No shit. See? This is the I'm looking up right here. Yeah, mm-hmm. holy shit! This is see, this is so cool to me. You know, it it is tragic to me when I see generations coming up who care more about cell phones and stuff like that than history and stuff around them. Because once this stuff is gone and plowed over and built, it's it's it could be lost forever. And I I love this stuff. And when I yeah. found this time team show and. You know, you have these fields, these rolling fields, and they scrape the top layer off. And here's yep. Saxon and Roman. Yeah. So the Romans, yep, like so, a, 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 a meter deep. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, like next to my mum's house, like there's a, there's a road that literally goes, goes through the village. And that was an old Roman road that, that used to go so to cool. Silchester. Uh, Silchester's like yeah. a kind of village near where i live and you go there there's all the old kind of like just ruins of the old roman rule uh, roman walls that are there uh, i love that shit uh, i'm actually meant to go be going to colchester next uh next weekend and colchester used to be known as camilla dunham and it was the old capital of roman britain there was the temple of claudius there uh, it got burnt down during the uh, raids of bodicea if you're familiar with her Man, look at this. I love I love history. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you know, the the revolution of Bodicea and the Saxons. Yeah, you 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 seem to know a lot about this. Is this something that you studied on your own? Is this something you yeah, went to I'm, school I'm, for? I'm, 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 a, I'm a nerd. Like I, I love history, dinosaurs, chess. Yeah. 
it, okay, now yeah, we were talking about this before I hit the record button. You just mentioned chess. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me let me take a quick thing back for this. If if of all the spots you've been to in your country, if if you could say if you come to UK, this is where you have to venture because this is where you have to visit. Because me being the military buff I am, if I ever travel, I know it's not in England, but Normandy is my number one spot. I I have yeah. to visit. I have to visit Normandy and the cemetery. It's just something I want to see, and I also want to see the World War One battlegrounds. It's just something I. I, mean, I like you're, we're we're singing for the same hymn sheet here. I've never been yeah. to Normandy, but the World War One battlegrounds in France and Belgium are something yeah. I, I'm dying to go. Yeah, to. I would like Ypres and all these things. I just done or something. Yeah, yeah. done. I just I want to see it. I, it's just it's something to me that's always stuck. But if, if if there's one site, if you said you know Matt, you're on a plane, you're coming to Britain. Where would you say somewhere I have to go? Hastings. Hastings? Yeah. Why is that? Oh, Just... sorry, Battle. Okay. No, those battles. So Battle of Hastings, 1066. Yes. yes. Yeah. Go there. Go to go look around there. It's like the, the battle that decided yeah, see, the fate of England. Because like, like you know, amazing. people go and they see Big Ben and pick pick a dip. That that does no interest for me. That's that bah. like to me, I was in Yellowstone National Park here in the States, and you know, they have old faithful, the geyser. That does nothing for me. Oh, I, I would kill a child to see that. Like, <laughs> see, I, I saw it, but I hiked. I did thirty miles in the backcountry. That was more exciting for me than seeing, like the the real touristy spots. But like the your World War One monuments, War II, like I love knights and mid medieval stuff. So that really is what excites so me. Two things: if you want kind of like British sort of history, if you wanted to visit, I would say. Definitely battle, but it's kind of kind of a weird place to get to. It's near Hastings, but it's okay. not Hastings. Like people think the Battle of Hastings, but Hastings is one place. Battle is a town by itself, and that's where it happened. Uh, that's good to visit. Uh, I would recommend personally. My favourite thing is uh, HMS Victory. So Lord Nelson and uh, the Battle of Trafalgar, the ship. Or oh, it's kind of been recreated now, but you can go and visit the ship and see the point where Nelson actually died. It's in Portsmouth. It's literally around the corner for me. It's amazing. There's HMS Warrior there, which is an old 19th century battleship. There's an old First World War submarine. Uh, there's a whole kind of like, it's called His, uh, Portsmouth Historic Dockyard. Uh, and it's one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, so I'd recommend that as well. Man, this is, this is you why this is. You come over, won't you? Come over. Yes, and then yes. I'll show you. Yes. I will show you. Oh, see, I absolutely love this stuff because. I, I rarely do I ever I've never met a fellow metalhead in the history like I am. So you're man, you and I need to talk more off air because I, I you and I have a lot of comment. We could literally do the whole podcast. about history. Yes, before. we no, could go on. Think. You know, we're, we're talking about time length before this, but man, we could literally talk for days. Mm. Um, you mentioned chess and I want to come back to it. I tried. I watched the Queen's Gambit like I'm sure a lot of people did. And it kind of sparked, you know, in uh me in the chess again i didn't pick up and play because i absolutely like my knowledge of chess is on the same level of checkers sure i'm horrible at chess but you mentioned chess do you have a, a grown up playing chess or you have a love of of chess I learned about three years ago okay like i was in a bit of a shitty place <laughs> like um it was a combination of like uh We'll get back to the kind of album and stuff in a moment, but there was a point where I was just in a bit of a bad way. Yeah. And I thought, oh, let's learn chess. I've always wanted to learn to do it. Let's start something new. And then I became a little bit kind of obsessed with it. So I play it all the time. I'm, you know, I have games going all the time on my phone and things. Um, it's it's uh, one of those things, though. Like you said, like, you know, you play chess like you play checkers. Like, I mean, the first time I started playing, like, I was, was still not amazing at it. But, like, you know, you, the more you play, the better you get. But it's interesting you mentioned the Queen's Gambit because I've been playing for a few years now and uh, I've got generally all right at it. Like I wouldn't say I'm brilliant at it, but I'm good enough to be able to hold my own and play people who are know their kind of like, theory and shit. Uh, the second that Netflix documentary came out, people kept using that fucking opening. Were Queen's they? Gambit. Oh my God, yeah, literally <laughs> every game. For those of you who are listening, uh, who are chess fans, uh, Le- Alaska... Was it the Albin Counter Gambit? 
that shit is uh, legit. Like if you can use that properly, you can literally humiliate. But, yeah, this is the interesting thing about that 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 show that it it taught me. Does is there? I'm sure there are. Like, knowing historical things are still relevant now. Like you have to have a knowledge of of decades of moves and stuff to be skilled yeah, in, pretty, in chess. Pretty much. I mean, it's all like, you know, the best moves, you know, like if someone does this, the best move is this. And then the best move against that is this. So there's literally a whole theory behind it. Like the best move you can do judged on like statistics and who, what games have been played in the past. Um, so as you're kind of learning it, like you, when you're learning theory, you're literally learning what's the best move to respond to this. But then like, if you watch like the more kind of grand masters game, you watch like Magnus Carlsen play and stuff like they kind of throw little random things in, um, which is what makes it a bit more exciting. Um, so yeah, there's, there's an element of theory to it. There's a huge element of theory of it, to it, but like relying on it is not a great idea because you can just have someone come along and be like, huh, well, I'm going to actually do this move. And then you're like, oh no, my fairy, fuck, it's disintegrating. There, <laughs> there is one thing that, that, that beats me in video games, and especially like fighting games. When somebody just gets there and just button mashes and they end yeah. up beating me, who knows combos. Yeah. That shit annoys the fuck out of me and it is probably one of my biggest pet peeves in gaming. Can the same thing be done in chess? Could I, oh. sit, ac- could I sit across from you, David, and like some idiot be like, rook, pawn knight and beat you or like okay. well no. i mean uh maybe yeah i mean <laughs> depends how much uh of my old rum i'm drinking <laughs> i think it was like four in the morning and i was like right let's have a chess yeah game. let's go <laughs> then potentially a friend of mine actually did beat me at chess once but i think she was lying she and was he'll like, never oh, ever I'll live never live oh yes you'll never live live that down me uh sylvia and that's to you by the way um <laughs> you know i was just like what the fuck um so yeah potentially you could like uh, and it is like you know if you're thinking purely in theory like oh i'm gonna attack the f7 square and bring my knight out there and then we're gonna do a kind of fork maneuver if someone's just like putting pieces out and then just like attacking things it can you know so don't just rely on theory you know <laughs> kind of comes back to the music conversation we were having earlier where we were saying about like you know just being like fast like technical metal like it's not always going to be it's not always going to be there for you so do, do you have a point you do you ever see yourself is i don't know chess ranking but is grandmaster a, a achievable for for you is it achievable I, for I, your everyday joe quit playing metal and really quit playing music and then if i had if i wasn't lazy yeah maybe but i quite like playing death metal and, and i'm and sure like, <laughs> you know i'm i'm sure the knowledge of chess from you to grandmaster is probably you know, 10 tenfold a uh, hundredfold yeah, even is, <laughs> you're you know you've been studying it and you seem pretty in depth your knowledge is probably way you know way deeper than mine but to like a grandmaster in chess what is it that makes them so amazing is it because they just they have all the moves in their head and they've seen it yeah. before i mean like it, it like some of the things they can do is insane like um I think you literally have to think a certain way. I think there's a natural talent to chess. Um, like, so, well, I mean, just lost a game during the world last world championships, but like uh, Magnus Carlsen is like the most highest rated chess player that's ever lived. Um, he can, you know, there's videos of him playing online. Um, he's blindfolded and playing like 10 or 20 people at once. And he's just playing the games in his head and he beats them all, you know, like it's a certain thing where you can just literally see, you can play entire games in your head like in seconds you know um which i'm not at and i probably never will be uh but there's a whole thing about chess like it's known as like the like the kind of madman's game like a lot of like decent like you know the best chess players ever went completely kind of off the off the rails uh obviously the famous story is bobby fisher you know best chess players ever lived and he became incredibly anti-semitic yeah yeah extremely yeah disappeared for a while (laughs) like i was praising bin laden and shit and yeah yeah, like uh, i don't think i'm i don't think i'm gonna be doing that anytime soon i just enjoy playing and i enjoy the theory and i enjoy learning uh but i don't know if i'm gonna dedicate my entire life to it does chess and being good at it does it translate do you need to have the physical board in front of you or can you log on chess.com or your phone oh, I'm a chess does it translate like, well i play it mostly online so if i have a board in front of me sometimes i have to think about it a little bit so you know, okay it's just a thing where i just sit there and i'm like i 
I'll open it on my and maybe you don't need a one. maybe you don't want the board in front of you because you hold the pieces weird like you do your your pick oh, too. No. <laughs> this has become a thing no, now. No, like, a, everyone's gonna watch how I'm gonna hold a pick. Let's start a meme. Let's yeah, start let's, let's, let's let's start a meme about how I hold a pick. Yes, <laughs> I know. No, I know but, I hold a pick terribly. It's but you, you know the the thing about about chess deck that gets me is like the same reason why I'm not good at like Magic the Gathering and stuff is I'm just such a caveman. I have such a hard time thinking a move or three or four ahead. I just I can't think of that. Like when I was playing Magic the Gathering, I can't build a deck to think of a counter to a counter to a counter. I just my mind just doesn't go like that. I just. So I'm in a, so another band I'm in, Employed to Serve, uh, kind of British metal, a lot bigger than Ageless. Um, but, uh, the singer, Justine, we were having a conversation about it uh, a few weeks ago and she plays and I was like, it's easy to learn. So generally, and I'm like, oh, fuck it up. You know, like uh, it's, it's, I think it's how much hours you put into it, isn't it? Like the more you play, the better you get it. Like, I'm no, I've no doubt. If I was just, I, I could just sit here and like find the Wikipedia article to Magic the Gathering, <laughs> learn the rules. But then if I was to play Justine, she'd be like, "Here's that," and I'd be like, "Ah, I'm done here." You know, I've, I've fucked up. But you know, you just, you just keep playing. It's, it's a lesson of failure, isn't it? You can't expect to go into a game and be brilliant at it instantly. So do. Do do you? I'm sure you have a drive to get better in chess. Is that the same thing with you and guitar? Do you feel this the same way with guitar? Like, it's, do you it's a want... little bit different. I think like um, when when I say different, I mean like the way I play. Like I'm not much of a technique guitar player, so I'm not like someone who's like, oh, I need to, I should hold my pick like this, or I need to learn how to sweep arpeggios and like get my scales right. Uh, for me, it's more like um anything I'm kind of writing, if I, if it feels kind of awkward, I'll try and expand on it. But I think the thing that I enjoy the most and the way I try and expand is more like songwriting or atmosphere or, you know, I have a, I have an odd way of playing guitar and probably a wrong way. A lot of people would say of playing guitar, but in the end it's music, it's art. Like you, you play how you play in the end, it's meant to be an emotional kind of, catharsis and expression and that's how i play and the way i kind of and i'm talking as a guitar player the way i kind of do it is i just expand how i write songs or how what i want to express or i just kind of try kind of make the message a bit more condensed as pretentious as that sounds but that's that's how it is so you 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 know you mentioned your time with employed to to serve yes I, I have to ask, what does that give you that Ageless doesn't? Or does Ageless give you something that Employed to Serve doesn't? Is this an well, outlet that you're missing or you need or you like to explore? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not just a, I wouldn't even consider myself a technical death metal guitar player or even a death metal guitar player. I'm a fan of music. I'm a fan of metal just in general. So mm-hmm. with Employed to Serve, it was one of those things where, they were looking for a guitar player. I was asked to try out and I was like, you know what? Uh, yeah, let's do it. And I tried out and Sammy, the guitar player in particular is someone I've known for a fair few years. He plays, he's played in multiple death metal bands. Two of them I can mention, Oblivion Eyes and Regurgitate Life. Regurgitate Life in particular, where it's just him on stage with like a drum machine just going like it was <laughs> fucking excellent so we actually played with him a few times and uh we got chatting once at a festival and then after that he just kind of moved, uh, we're looking for a new guitar player do you want to give it a go and i was like yeah let's, let's give it a go it'll be fun so i did and they were happy with it and they asked if i wanted to do it and i was like yeah and it was just a new thing to do you know like employed to serve is a very different band than very, very different yeah and anything musically i'm going to do is going to be you know i don't want to do the same band over and over and over and over and over again um and you know i'm a huge fan of employed to serve music you know it's not like i said this is the thing i'm not a technical death metal fan or whatever i just i enjoy music yes you're, you're enjoy... just a fan of music yeah and employed to serve music is awesome and I tried out 
they said asked if I was be interested, and I was like, and what was there. the the time frame on this again? Um, you say time frame, like how like when, like when, when when was this? Twenty eighteen. This was 19? like just before the pandemic, so okay. this was like twenty. So their Eternal Ford album had already come out. Yes, Eternal yeah. Motion. The, the the new album had been. There's a lot of uh, most of it had been written by then. Um, but Which yeah, I so love that album, by the way. That is, it's a fucking great album. It it's is an good. amazing album. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was up, I was more than up for it, and yeah, we've gone from but, there. Yeah, the yeah, new yeah, album's the, been recorded, and it is. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay, so let me ask you this: though. Do you, what do you identify yourself as, though, David? Do you identify yourself as a guitarist of Ageless, or the guitarist of Neither? I'm me, you know. Gotcha. I, uh, I, whoever, gotcha. whatever band I'm in, that's you know. which is good because I think there are, and I've interviewed some artists who they may join another band and their identity gets lost, or they maybe forgot where they came from, or they maybe forget why they were doing it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I just, I'm who I am. I mean, with Ages of Oblivion, like this album. Suspended between Love and Sky was written um, through the last seven years. Yeah, yeah. We've employed to serve. This is something quite new I'm going into, but I'm going to put that it's, it's me in the end. I'm going to put everything I possibly can into it, you know? And wait till the people who find you through employed to server are like, oh, what other bands is he in? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> well, we'll see. Like, I, I don't I don't think of it that way, you know? Like, uh, I, I always do get a bit funny about it. Like, I'm like, uh, I don't want. You know the other guys, the band that I'm thinking that I'm just enjoyed joined employed to serve to promote ages because that's not what's happening. Like I I joined employed to serve because I enjoy the music, um, and I just wanted to yeah. do something a little and, bit different. You know? And and you know what? It's something that you, if that was the case, David, you could have come in right at the start and said, "Hey, I'm also the guitarist of this." But you know what I'm saying? You easily could have have come in and done that. And you know <laughs> we we waited o- over almost an hour for you to to make that you know, to say that little tidbit. So, no, you know, I'm like, I just, I just talk about whatever yeah. comes up, you know, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm not like, I'm, you know, I'm not. So David, one, one of the things, one of the last few questions I have before I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I love to ask artists a favorite track. What kind of represents, I know this has been a long time in the making. What is your favorite track off of suspended between earth and sky? Without a doubt, old Messer, the last track. There are pieces of our actual soul on that song. Like uh, that was one of those songs which uh, we needed a last track to end the album, and it just kind of very much started and finished naturally. Like it just wrote itself. It's one of those songs where you just you start beginning writing it. You got like a simple idea. I guess like the the way the song starts, like just a very simple picking idea. The whole thing wrote itself, and it was just one of those sort of like. Um, moments of like just pure that's what it is and i love that track and i would say without a doubt i'd mess her that's, love that song. that's awesome Do you, will i know you know covid stuff and pandemic world has this messed up and stuff do we know how 2021 will play out for you and the band will, um, we, well, will we, we be able to see you guys it would be nice i mean i'm hopeful like uh, we've got a. Uh, We've got a new drummer now. We've got Dan Blackmore from a band called Shrines, who also excellent. He's playing drums for us. Um, we're looking, we've got a potential live guitar player or someone who might be playing with us live, who would be very cool. Bass players we're looking into. So, you know, hopefully by the time things are starting to open up again, we'll have a band there and we can start playing shows and go from there. That's awesome. David, I told you I would try and keep it to an hour for you. I, you and I have have so much in common. We could talk for the next week, and I'm sure we could bounce stuff off. You know what? You 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 and I need to start our own podcast, talking Let's history and and whatever other nerdy stuff. Because you had mentioned oh, military stuff, and we could talk about that. You you mentioned military stuff. Do you have a favorite plane? Because <laughs> oh, mine's the P fifty one. Military aviation. We're talking here. Yes. Um, Are I you like quite, a, the Spitfire? Are we talking like Second World War? Anything. Well, if it's Second World War, it's the Spitfire. But like, of if if we're talking generally speaking, yes. I quite like the B fifty two. That's my favorite. That's but like, mine uh, too. 
if we're talking to the heart here, uh, Vulcan, the Vulcan bomber. Oh man, that is a slick looking jet. Have you ever that. seen it fly? I have not. Have you ever heard it? No. Have you ever heard of the Vulcan howl? No. Well, go on YouTube and find the Vulcan I, howl. I will. There's a certain sort of sound that happens when the throttle is put about 70% with a Vulcan. It actually howls. Um, and I've heard that thing in real life, and uh, it's the coolest thing ever. You know, for those people who don't know, picture, you know, almost looks like the wingspan of like the B2, but, you know, it's fixed, a Delta wing. Yes, fixed Delta wing. Oh, this thing is awesome oh, but it man. fucking howls and like uh, it looks like the angel of death when it yeah flies. and i said b2 but this looks like the the u u2 long wingspan like that slick slick look but delta and loud and it howls and it was a nuclear deterrent for the britain for a while but like uh yeah it's it's the coolest thing to see where where have you caught this at you go on the air shows and seen it yeah i used to go to well every year this is before the pandemic. Uh, me and my mom used to go what's called RIAT, which is the Royal International Air Tattoo. Um, and there was a Vulcan bomber that they restored called the Spirit of Great Britain, XH558. But um, they stopped flying it because they couldn't fund it anymore. Um, so we watched its last flight. and oh, That's it was, awesome. It, it was emotional. <laughs> well, for you being all tatted up, you may have to get a Vulcan tat on you somewhere. That would be That badass. is not a fucking bad idea. That would have to be badass. Like, I have so, never thought about that. Exactly. Yeah. Neither have I. I ever thought, you know, I've, I've thought about trying to get like a P-51 or something on me, but because it would be cool. But yeah, there's an idea for you. That's the same idea. Because I tell you what, I bet you wouldn't see that everywhere. Probably not. No, no that's, that's, that's the sick idea. <laughs> probably fucking do that. David, now we're fucking talking. David, it has been an absolute blast talking to you. I could talk to you for days on end. Oh. I'm going to have to talk with you offline about possibly doing more stuff because it, it has been a blast talking to you, brother. Um, uh, pleasure's uh, been all mine, my friend. Uh, again, suspended between Earth and Sky is out today. It is everywhere. Please go out, support David, support the band. I, I'm sure you heard how much fun I had talking with him. Great, great gentleman. Uh, I highly recommend going to check out Time Team. Load up chess.com and maybe you can beat David in a in a game. My my great devastator. That's my username. <laughs> my Wait, great devastator. I like that a lot. <laughs> David, I will give you the the last word, sir. Anything you want to plug, tell people where to go or anything, bud. Yeah, just uh thank you everybody for tuning in. Um go check out Ace Oblivion either on Spotify or Bandcamp. Uh buy our merch or buy a shirt. We're on iSaw merch, get a shirt from there. Buy the album from the Apocalyptic Witchcraft web store, whatever you like. Um, just give us a listen if you can and hope you enjoy it. David, it was a pleasure talking to you, sir. You continue to be safe during these times and hopefully we could talk again. You as well, my friend. Thank you so much. For your time.